Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. All basketball, all the time. We have uh, Adam Finkelstein's going to join us. Of course, he's a recruiting guru now for 24-7 sports. We'll get his take on... Uh, on what's next for him as he's moved over to 24-7 sports and on the recruiting. What 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 does recruiting look like now with the transfer portal as we're in portal week? The last week in which you can transfer and without a waiver and not sit out next year, which, by the way, is a rule which I hate. I just hate. Like, if you're transferring, you're doing so because you're likely not happy with either culture or system or both. And sitting out for a year allows you to absorb the culture, learn the system and improve your game. I, I just it's it's a huge issue to me um, in that sitting out most times helps the guy sitting out the most. I do want to say this, though. You know, there was a lot of talk about Kevin Durant, who had a spectacular game one, and a spectacular, and actually spectacular game four, okay game one, disappointing two and three. There's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Charles Barkley was a bus driver. Like, look, dude, Kevin Durant was the best player in the last three Olympic teams. It wasn't really close. He, he's the best scorer of this generation, right? He just is. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sure he was worn down. He had to play when Kyrie wasn't able to play because he wasn't vaccinated. He had to play when James Harden was hurt and then when they traded for Ben Simmons. So he, he played he outside when he was hurt. Uh, 
he played. And yeah, the se- the season becomes an abject disaster and he looked exhausted, but you would look exhausted too. I thought the team was poorly built. I just did. And I don't think they intended to. They didn't want to have two or three small guards, but when they traded Ben Simmons, they acquired Seth Curry, who's a great shooter. Great. But you can't play him and Patty Mills, and they kind of cross each other's, especially in the playoffs. Just different playoffs to regular season. But the lack of positional versatility and size, I thought really, really hurt them at the defensive end. And then offensively, you know, all their shooting was from, from little guys outside of Kevin Durant. And that makes it really hard with a, a Celtics team that's well-constructed, a lot of size, and even their smallest player on the court, which Marcus Smart, is their toughest defender. And he made some shots in the series. So I still think KD's incredible. I'm sure he was worn down. There wasn't a lot of space for him. It's super physical. And that's how you have to be able to compete in the NBA Finals. If you're Brooklyn, if you're Boston, if you're LA, if you're whomever. Um, All right, I'll give you some thoughts on uh, a couple other things NBA-wise. First, though, we're in this weird time with college basketball, right? The transfer portal is working at 100 miles an hour, and yet there's still kind of another this week to go. How does that affect the landscape? Is that why Jay Wright retired? Let's get into it with Adam Finkelstein. Okay, let's start. Let's start with you. Kind of a big move, right? So at ESPN for a long time, now over to where for people who haven't caught up? Uh, 24-7 Sports and CBS HQ. So really, really excited about that. And especially what they've got coming up on the horizon. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun. I really think it's going to change the game, especially in recruiting. In terms of what way? Well, I think what they're doing digitally in terms of their their digital networks and how that stuff is is um, going to evolve and just bring a new a new platform, really an unprecedented level of coverage to to that recruiting space and just allow us to get into the type of, of detail and serve every individual fan base and, and tell the stories. And for me, as, as an evaluator, which is really how, how I kind of see myself, I, I think it's just going to be um, it's going to allow more avenues beyond just rankings to, you know, kind of articulate how we see these prospects and where they may evolve in the future. It's interesting. Uh, I, I love the idea. I'd like to see it when it gets executed because I would say that one of my, not necessarily issues, but the thing I never understood, I understood that ESPN on the big platform, you got to play to the widest audience. I always felt like, like ESPNU, which has now kind of become marginalized, was a perfect, you know, that and the website, or whatever, was could have been perfect for college sports, but specifically conferences. And there's a way, especially with the variety of networks to do it. And just never were able to, never were able to crack that code. Is that, is that fair in terms of, of, uh, of focusing more on the non-Duke in basketball, Carolina, Kentucky in basketball, et cetera? Yeah, I, I think what you have with like the network concept at, at, CV, at CBS and 24-7 with all those fan sites, they've, they've just got so many boots on the ground. And, yeah. and just in the first 36 hours of this, that's what I've been overwhelmed with. I mean, um, you know, it, it's just uh, here's this person. He knows everything about Indiana. Here's this person. They know everything about Louisville. And I, I have no experience with with team sites and that, that sort of network, but I've been 
uh, overwhelmed with with not just the amount of people in the network, but with the quality of their their information, particular to their school. Um, so yeah. that part's that part's a lot of fun, um, and and to be able to to get into that and 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 really pinpoint an audience that's going to be interested in in a specific piece of content. And again, I, I'm in like day two, so I, I don't know what I don't know yet, but, but that, yeah. that, that part's been I, brand new for sure. I know you're working for good, good people. You're, you're, you're in a good, you're told a good me to say hello, actually. Yeah. Good. Um, so, um, let's start with the recruiting landscape again. I know you're, you're hyper-focusing on, on some stories now and a little bit different at 24 uh, seven, but the, the thing has changed completely. Has, I mean, Again, this is more outsider running an AU program, having kids that are being recruited, knowing coaches. Sure. Sure. Everybody says it's completely changed, but this is your life. Recruiting is is your job, is all you do. Has it really changed? Oh yeah, the last couple of years. Oh yeah, and and it's in the process of of continuing to evolve. I, I think what you've seen, like I don't, I don't think it's done yet by by any stretch, because um, we're we're in a period of time right now with with NIL. Um, and, and you've even seen this, not just with recruiting, but, but with retention, if you will, like kids yeah. deciding to go back to college where they're like, hey, I- I'm going to make more money in college than I am in the pros. And I'm not going to have to. Uh, and it's going to be above board. You know, I mean, that's so I, I think that's like that's. But there's also game. there's also the leveraging schools against one another, which no most, people believe, most people believe is happening with some of these guys that are either portaling or just not recommitting. Or they're out there. I mean, you know, Kofi Coburn today announced he's going pro. Right. But last year, suddenly he was in the portal and it felt like it was a it was a bidding war. Right. No. And, and listen, I mean, you and I both know the truth is that NIL wasn't the beginning of the bidding war for, for some schools. But it's it's, um, you know, it's it's brought it above board uh, more so. Although I still think you're going to see I think in the years to come, you're going to see the NCAA try and oversee this a little bit more you you hear things about like how nil is not supposed to be school specific and that's obviously not the case um in 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 at least a a significant percentage of these um you know fan bases like team sites are uh you know are school specific and uh, some of these these people that are investing money school specific so i i think that has definitely changed the game where you know, now it's more recruiting is more of like a, a contract negotiation up front. Like it's like, okay, what are you what are you offering? Uh, what's yeah. the other school offering? And I've got to compare opportunities. And the portal, I think, is very much the same thing too. Now you've got to have. The, I, th- I think I think the problem with the I think the problem that most people have is you're, you're like there was a push right for four year scholarships, and that obviously is like eight years running now. Everybody, all the big schools got the four year scholarships, so it's like, okay, you want to make sure that. We can't run you off, which you can still run guys off, but okay. We should make sure you can't run them off. On the other hand, like, yes, it's a contract negotiation, but it doesn't seem in any way to be binding the the player. (laughs) That's like, like it's people say, well, it's like free agency in, in sports. Like, yeah, except free agency in sports, you have to fulfill the contract. And then after that contract, then you're a free agent. These kids, because of the portal and the fact that you don't have to sit out a year, it, it has become almost a yearly renegotiation process. Yeah. And you know what? To be honest with you, I, I, I'm not even entirely sure how I feel about it. You know, I mean, I've seen some of the things you've said and I, I read it and I'm, uh, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't disagree with that. You know, like the 
saw the other day comparing it to coaches and they have to pay their buyouts when they leave. Players don't have to read anything. I think for far too long, players didn't have any rights and they weren't being, um, you know, there wasn't now I'm, I'm a believer in the value of a, a scholarship. I think an athletic scholarship yeah. can be life-changing. Um, I didn't play in college, uh, but I know my wife and I were paying off our debt until, you know, very recently. So um, I, I think that. And it's, it's, even, more, and it's even more expensive now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and and the other part that that I've always been big on is: do people understand how hard these schools are really to get into? And we, we never we never create a value for that. I mean, there's a huge scandal in college athletics over parents who have students that aren't athletes using athletics, and it just shows that there's a tremendous value in just getting in, and yeah. nobody takes that into the equation. But I, I think all of that, the the part that really in terms of sport becomes hard is like, how do you coach? You know, I mean, one, like your, your, your alums want you to go out and get the best kids, right? Mm -hmm. At least the best kids in your state or the best kids in wherever you recruit. Okay. But if you get those kids, well, one, they have to play right away or they're going to leave. And two, whether whether you're paying them or not, quite frankly. Right. You gotta, you gotta play, you gotta play them or they're going to leave. And then two, can you actually win with them when you're playing them that early? Right. And then, you know, then you have older guys who are like, hold on, wait, I'm actually better. Then you'll have the lower levels are screwed up because they still have the same problem of kids not playing, wanting to leave. And then the kids that do play and play well, they want to transfer up. Like the whole thing is a mess. And, and I agree with you. It went from, and I don't know of no rights, but I, I think there could have been, there could have been a smarter way and a better way of going about it, right? Where you have, I think the pendulum swinging, right? Yeah, you know, it, like, totally. It's just like politics, right? We go yeah. from the left to the right, and the truth is somewhere kind of in the middle. And I actually like what the NCA did from this standpoint. They kind of did what what police police forces did in terms of when people were saying, "Hey, defund the police." They just said, "Like, hey, all right, you don't want us? Like, we're not. Ch- go ahead, you guys manage yourself." And that's kind of what. And say now people are like, "How come the NCA is not doing anything?" And they're like. <laughs> Right, you, you told us you didn't want us around here. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, I'm not touching okay, so, that one. But so, uh, so yeah. here is here is the that, that's that's Doug Gottlieb Inc. Okay, so <laughs> here is the the big question though. Okay, um, how does it actually work with scholarship offers? Because you know, guys used to commit early, but now like the portal changes com- what teams completely look like. You don't know who you're retaining. You don't know who you're getting. And then if you're a kid, like you're a top 250 kid, right? Good player, power five, you know, power five likely, maybe mid-major. Like how do you, how, how do these kids proceed in deciding, all right, do I wait? Do I go? Do I take the biggest offer? How does it all work now as opposed to how it used to work? Well, I think you mentioned two things there that I want to touch on. The the first thing I want to go back to just before I forget, you, you alluded to the fact um, that, you know, there's this narrative out there that like once if you're an incoming freshman, once you get to campus, how you were perceived in high school doesn't matter anymore. And everybody's starting from scratch. And I just I, I just think that is uh, not accurate, um, you know, because a coach and, and you, you said it, if you've got a five star kid or a high profile kid and they don't do well, 
that's going to hurt your pursuit of the next kid at that level. And ultimately succeeding in, in, in college is about getting players. And so if, if you're getting high profile kids and your players aren't doing well or aren't living up to expectations, and you don't think that's going to hurt your pursuit of the next high profile player, you're, you're just, you know, I, I couldn't disagree more with that. So there's this narrative out there that like everybody starts from, from, uh, you know, square one on the first day of your freshman year. And, and I don't buy into that at all. Um, and I think that's more about like, you know, protecting the coaching profession a little bit. Um, as to your question about, you know, what is the timeline and how, how that, how th this thing impacts it? I think that's really level specific. So the example you gave was top 250. I I'm going to shrink that a little bit and, and say, let, let's, let's talk like top 25 just to start. Because I think what we've seen is if you look at the class of 2023 now, like we've had one live weekend and there's a pretty good percentage of these kids that are already committed. So um, I think there, there's two things that we're seeing. One, but, but are those, but those aren't binding and no. Right. And like the second somebody like, Oh, you took a point guard. I'm out. Right. So, yeah, but, but, go, but none of ahead. this so, is binding. The, the, you know, the, the, the uh, letter of intent isn't really binding anymore, you know, like, <clears throat> so but the, at least the timing of making the verbal commitment for the high profile, like five star type kids, that seems to be happening in many cases earlier now. Um, the reason why I think a couple of different things. One, um, these kids are by rule allowed to work with agents now. So they're having that interaction more. So the mindset is already shifting to professional opportunities, whether it's name, image and likeness whether it's the nba whether it's whatever the case may be at an earlier stage so the recruiting i don't want to say it's on the it's, it goes to the back burner but they want to get that over with so they can start moving on to to you know the, the next steps the professional opportunities i i really think that's a factor um now beyond those five-star kids i think everything is delayed uh top 250 but especially if you're a low to mid-major kid it's never been harder to get recruited than it is right now. You've never had uh, fewer choices than you have right now. You know, one of the things I try and advise those families is, is you can't compare this uh, to your son's friend, Johnny, who's just picking the seven schools he wants to apply to, seeing which one he gets in and then deciding where he wants to go. You have to see who wants you first. And it might not be in the city you want. It might not have the major you want, but if they're offering you a full scholarship and this speaks to the value of a scholarship, and it's, you know, almost May of your senior year, you've got to be ready to take that. So I think that that low to mid major recruiting all the way up to like the mid pluses, that's really delayed now from where it was a couple of different years ago. That's more about the transfer portal uh, than it is than it is name, image and likeness. But it's it speaks to that theme you were talking about, about how how different things have become in the last few years. Um, Alabama and Arkansas are loading up with McDonald's All-Americans and dudes, right? I don't know how many scholarships they have at Arkansas, but it's sure many sure as they need many, many as they need. Um, but it is going to be amazing. How does it play out? Because, you know, I, can you win with young guys? Um, can I mean, Mus is I think Mus is an amazing coach and he's like the perfect. He and Nate are kind of perfect for for those spots. They've kind of yeah. kind of cracked the code. And it, I want to get to what it does to Kentucky in the, in the future. But how do you think those two teams that have done incredibly well, uh, both in the portal and in traditional top 100 recruiting, how does that play out? 
Well, I think it, you know, what's ironic about those guys is both Muss and Nate were perceived as, as bad hires. Remember that? Like when they were hired and people were like, ah, I don't know, you know, I mean, well, they're doing pretty well. Um, I think both of those guys just, I mean, first of all, recruiting in that conference right now, I mean, that's, that's where the heavy hitters are. Now th- we've got six new head coaches in that league. And obviously, uh, you know, there's a change at LSU, which, which kind of, I think is going to create further opportunity, quite frankly, for Alabama and Arkansas. Um, but there is, I mean, those guys are getting it done year in and year out. And it's, and it's all about, um, you know, there's, I, I think it is sustainable. Um, I think it is I, I, like take, like take, take Arkansas, right? Six yeah. top hundred recruits, three McDonald's, all Americans. Plus you have all these other guys they're bringing in and we'll see if Jalen Williams comes back. My guess is he does. Okay. Um, like how many, can you, can you win with those young guys? Can you retain those young guys? You know, like it, it, do it has want to, to, or do you want to, right? Like there's yeah. a whole bunch, there's a, there's a lot to it there. And he's the perfect guy because that I mean, just he he knows how to somehow at the end of the year they kind of figure it out and guys fall by the wayside. But it could be a very interesting process of getting to that point. Yeah, there's some Darwinism in there for sure. You know, like it's survival of the fittest. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 I think you know it's kind of like you know you mentioned Kentucky. That's what Cal used to market. Like, hey, I'm not promising you anything other than you've got a platform and you've got an opportunity. And especially when you see it like the type of uh, roster Arkansas has got next year. And also the fact that they had a top 100 freshman this year who decided to transfer because, and you know, he's going to say they recruited over my head. Well, listen, anybody's taking those dudes, you know, nobody's, nobody's saying no to those guys. So I think it very much is kind of that model that Cal used to sell when you get it. Nobody's going to say no to that, that caliber of player. And everybody in this day and age has to get as many of the very best players as they possibly can, because there's no guarantees for anything. The only guarantee is if you've got a contingency plan. And right now, Arkansas has got enough depth of talent where they have a contingency plan. And that's why, ultimately, I think it probably is sustainable. But that means there's going to be some very good players who may not make it, who may pop up. You know, like we used to see the the Kentucky transfers get to school B and end up having a very good career. I think that's certainly... Johnny uh, Johnny Yeah, is is the most recent example. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, what about Kentucky? You know, I would guess Oscar Sheboy stays because, like you said, he'll make more money staying than he will as a second-round pick in, in the NBA. I thought they had – I thought this was the first year where he figured it out and kind of adjusted. Obviously, they fell short losing to St. Peter's. But what does Kentucky look like this year and into the future? Well, and I think there it's as much about what Shire has done at Duke as it is about Arkansas and Alabama and, and the rest of them because Shire has has killed it in, in the recruiting world yeah. um, and, and really done a, a phenomenal job. So the other thing that I think is interesting with regard to Kentucky, I said this in December and people looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I think this year's Kentucky team is the best team we've seen from them in recent years with less NBA talent than we've seen in a long, long time. So I wonder, you know, we haven't heard any public declarations from Cal, who's like the king of basketball marketing, but I wonder if they're kind of pivoting a little bit away from the one and done at all costs versus like, hey, that doesn't win us a national championship unless we get Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist over here. And if we really want to, like, if it, what's the goal? Is it to get guys in the green room after after one year, or is it to win a national championship? Because I don't think those two things are necessarily the same. Um, we haven't heard him talk quite as much about the the one and done mission within the last yeah. year. And like I said, I thought I know everybody remembers the St. Peter's game, but before that, we're talking about one of the best Kentucky teams we've seen in recent years, and I maintain it was with less NBA talent than we've seen in recent years. I would agree, which is very similar to Kansas, right? And yeah. Kansas won the national championship with guys who they retained, and mm-hmm. then you add a Remy Martin, who's not an NBA player, right? And by the end of the year, you, you figure it, yeah, you figure it out. What about Duke? How is Shire doing this? Because I would say perception is, wait, they're not really a name image you like this. They're an SEC spend at all cost organization. And I get that it's relationships and you got a young guy and it's Duke or whatever, but what's, what's, what are your thoughts on how they've been able to take what coach K was doing and grow it? And he hasn't yet coached a game. Yeah. Well, that was the big question, right? Like, could he, could he maintain the same gravitas on the recruiting trail 
could Duke maintain that without Coach K there? I admittedly was skeptical. I think most people were. Um, I think he knew that he needed to get it going with the splash, and he did. You know, last summer, you know, he gets Filipowski, then he gets Derek Whitehead. Now all of a sudden it's rolling, and it's like, oh, the brotherhood's still a thing. And by the way, it's even more than we thought because now it extends past Coach K. Like it's it's still going, and now there's yeah. now there's a momentum to it in and of itself. Um, and then you get Derek Lively, and now you're. I mean, he's got five commitments in 2023. I expect one of them is going to contemplate moving up to 2022. But the bottom line is his first two classes, he's number one in the country and and by a pretty big margin. The challenge, though, and this is a part that that I don't necessarily think people are talking enough about, is that there becomes a pressure, and you alluded to this earlier, when you get all those guys, and now you have to handle those expectations. And by the way, you're also dealing with your own internal expectations of sitting in Coach Casey. I don't care what team you're coaching. The first time you're a head coach, that's a different kind of pressure. Like, oh well, hold on. And then there, there's here's something that people I think in the biz talk about. They don't talk about outside the biz. Is you know, Duke got some Duke. Whether they got calls or not, they got a fair whistle on the road, right? That's fair. Okay? Yeah. Because yeah. the last thing you want to do is piss off the old man. He picks up the phone and calls the 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 uh, the coordinating uh, the uh, the coordinating official. <laughs> and all of a sudden now you're not doing the, you're not doing the Duke games. Anymore, we talk right? about the, the police again. <laughs> let's let's yeah. go back to the police. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just telling you. Like, no, that's you're, you're right. Like, yeah. Look, this, this happened at my school when, when Sean Sutton took over Eddie Sutton, they like, yeah. it, it's not that they don't respect you. It's they, they fear the old man, right? Because of, because of right. what a, what a phone, what a phone call does that part to it is going to be really, really interesting. How Duke is handled by everybody. Whereas they were revered previously that, that, that stuff changes uh, in a hurry. Uh, let me kind of run through a couple other uh, sure. more quick ones. Um, what about Arizona? Obviously, um, Tommy comes in, does a great job, but those are Sean's. But Sean acquired that talent. How are they going to be able to build in, in short order on that talent? Well, um, you know, there's Jack Murphy is the, the common denominator on those two staffs, you know, and, and Jack got players for Sean, but he also fit the, the, uh, niche that, that Tommy has liked and thrived with at Gonzaga, which is international players. So sure. I think, I think that there's going to be a, uh, continuation there. I think candidly, what I'm really interested to see, and this is another thing that people don't talk about. What happens to Gonzaga's talent base now? Because this, yeah. you could say you they're could say Arizona cool. was, yeah, yeah, you could say Arizona was playing with Sean's players. You could also say to a certain extent Gonzaga was playing with at least few and Tommy's players because everybody knew that Tommy was a huge part of, of how they recruited there. So yeah, they're definitely going to recruit to the same pool. Um, but I, I think that's that's going to be very interesting. Not just what happens at Arizona, um, but also what happens at Gonzaga. Quite frankly. I, I, I completely agree. And Gonzaga seems to have lost out in a couple bidding wars here as well. How does how does that change that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- that part to me is is absolutely fast. Um, Amani Bates. Um, what happens? So let me say this. Uh, start with a disclaimer. I was one of those people. I'm going to write about this next week. I was one of those people, and he was 15 years old at USA Basketball. You know, we were saying we were saying all those things. And in retrospect, I'm going to tell you, even now, he was the best 15 year old I've ever seen. I've still never seen a better 15 year old. He was amazing. Um, what happens? I, I think that some. 
I'm hopeful that that we'll split the difference. You know, that he's obviously not going to be what what I and so many others thought he was when he was 15 years old. But maybe he's not going to be the total bust that that the clickbait has suggested he's going to be in the last eight months either, because he's still severely young. He's still exceptionally talented. And if we build up his body and we we gain some appreciation for for how to play and how to play the right way and how to get coached and be in a situation where you're gonna gonna get get that stuff on a daily basis, um, sure. I, I haven't I haven't written him off all. He's too talented to to write him off. I, I just I actually he's the guy he's the guy who actually needs the year after transferring to sit work on his body Probably buy sure. into a culture. But of course that's that's. Never well, and here, here's what I would say. What what would happen to him in high school if we used to talk about this at ESPN? Paul and I used to talk about this all the time. Like, if he were in high school, what would have happened if he went to Montvert or IMG and he's got Kevin Boyle or Sean McAloon or Steve Smith or La Lamere or Sunrise and he's got one of those guys saying like, "Hey, we're not really interested in your and you know, like you're, you're already held accountable in high school. He's supposed to be a high school senior now. Like, could we have seen some growth now? And then you go to a place where you're really held accountable in college for a year. Like I think so much of this is the variables around your situation. And I just don't. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I totally agree. The variables are big, but I, the part that you nailed is the accountability and it becomes increasingly hard for anybody to hold somebody accountable when they can just leave at the, at the drop of a hat. And then there's no repercussion from it. Um, overtime elite G league ignite. Um, Overtime elite, uh, you know, I feel like because it's basically paid prep school ball, that may have more life. Does what? What do those? What, how does all of this money being thrown around, name, image, and likeness? Uh, how does that affect overtime elite and, and G League Ignite? So the two variables to watch in both of those situations: if high school kids can ever go straight to the draft, I don't know that they're the G League. There's a there's a role for the G League Ignite anymore. And conversely, with Overtime Elite, the buzz now is, do we ever, with name, image, and likeness, do we ever get to the point where kids can go to Overtime Elite and then go to college? And so in its current form, it's hard to see the longevity of it. But if it evolves to the point where, because I think in some circuits now, they're, they're still playing playing on, on the uh, the sneaker circuits this spring. Don't um, So I, I'm not 100% sure on that. But if it gets to the point where a kid can go to overtime elite as basically a high school option or a or a alternative to a traditional high school and then potentially go to college. I mean, behind the scenes, that's what people are starting to wonder. And if that ever happens, again, like I said, this thing isn't done evolving. Both of those things, if in order to to continue on and have some longevity, are going to have to evolve. Um, if the collective bargaining agreement changes, like I said, I don't know that there's a need for the G League. If overtime elite kids can go to college basketball, I think it potentially is going to get, uh, it has a, you know, that that's going to be huge. That is a crucial domino. And that's the splitting in the road where we know if they're going to have, have longevity or not, in my opinion. Um, is Syracuse dead? <laughs> um, Judah Mintz is really good. Uh, Judah Mintz is really good. Um, they are, they are going to have, um, I was surprised they weren't better this year, to be honest. With Swider and the Bayheims, I figured they'd just shoot people out of the gym. Um, but I don't think there's, enough, there's there's two ends there's two ends of the basketball floor, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, they 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 live that that zone is was hard and so long, and they recruited to it, and then they stopped recruiting to it because they they had shooting and scoring. Um, uh, what what does 
what are your thoughts on the Louisville hire? Because, you know, outsider, it feels like some momentum there and they're doing some right things and getting players. Uh, But these are Syracuse and Louisville, historic programs in the ACC, but they have fallen on hard times. What's Louisville look like? I love the staff, first of all. I mean, I think getting Nolan Smith away from Duke, I think that was a coup. Um, I think Danny Manning brings in um, a player development, a credibility standpoint, and then it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the rest of the the staff. I mean, does he ha- does uh, you know does does Milt Wagner go there? And if he does, does that mean DJ Wagner's coming? And then you just took the top player in the country away from Cal. I mean, that's the biggest recruiting story. That's the biggest college basketball recruiting story in the country right now. Um, regardless of what happens with that one specific player. I think this is the analogy I made it. I made yesterday. Since Kenny Payne got hired, it's become clear he's not going to rush into battle and just go charge and fight. But he's lining his pieces up, and he's going to be really strategic. And um, I, I think if you're a Louisville fan, you've got to be very pleased with what's happened since he's arrived there. Last thing, um, the most impressive. Um, it doesn't have to be coach, me staff that doesn't get the national play in terms of what they're doing in recruiting that you're like, these guys, it's going to hit. From a recruiting standpoint, you know, this isn't exactly, I was just telling somebody earlier today though. Um, hope this doesn't offend the family ties. I was saying to somebody, I said, Kyle Smith's the smartest man in college basketball and nobody, nobody talks about, it. I mean, he's Kyle's Kyle's an exceptionally bright guy. Um, the, the one, I think Todd, I think Todd's really bright too. I just don't, 100%. I'm not, I don't know how that works at, at Florida. I I've worked for Bruce. This is the thing. I just talked about this. Todd worked for Bruce Pearl for two years. Like yeah, people get fooled by like the analytics and the, in the, the young. I got it, but, but it's a, I mean, look, and I love, and I love, I love Todd. Okay. Yeah. I know him really, yeah. really well, but he looks like he's 22 years old and he's a head coach of Florida. And like Mike White's not a bad coach and they're about to run him. They ran him you know, up the road to Georgia. Never follow just, legends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's hard. And it, it, it's really, really hard. Um, but anyway, you're saying Kyle, Kyle Smith. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the problem, the problem at Wazoo is it's like a mid-major and a high-major league. If a kid is really good, you're going to lose him, you know? Right. Right. That's, right. That's, right. That's, the, that's, that's the hard part. No, but I, I do think that, you know, in, in terms of recruit, the thing I'll leave you with this, the thing that I think is interesting about recruiting, we're always projecting a futures market. Like we're saying, mm-hmm. hey, this is the best recruiting class. And I think what we should do and what I'm hopeful to do is to be able to analyze it retroactively, because if you really want to know who the best recruiters are, you've got to know like, okay, who identified the talent, not what I think is the talent, but what right. is particular to their program and then who developed the talent within their program. So um, I think that's kind of the missing piece with how we how we look at this whole thing. I mean, Villanova is obviously like the the you know the the poster boy for that. Like, who cares where their recruiting classes rank? They they just win every year. So yeah, um, you know, because they get guys that fit and they get them better within the context of their system. And the, and the and the transfers they take buy into the to the culture element to it. You know, you and they don't have in. to take as many as everybody else because they have retention as well retention. as recruitment. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's the blue pill or the red pill, but they got those dudes to buy in like nothing, nothing I've ever seen. You better jump wants, stop. You better jump it, stop. <laughs> better better jump stop playoff playoff too. If somebody wants to get your newest stuff, how can they do it? Twenty four seven sports dot com. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is just Adam Finkelstein. Uh, K E L S T E I N. And you're the man. I really appreciate you joining us. I look forward to seeing the new work. And thanks for joining me. Appreciate you having me. 
That was perfect. Adam was awesome. Really, really good. And I, I think how the how it looks in five years will be different from right now. But right now, it's just wild, wild west. And look, I, in, in talking to college guys, I, I agree with this. Uh, what's a likely scenario is you can't get an NIL check till you've played at least a semester at your school. Otherwise, you're just buying recruits, which is what we told you it would be and which is what it's morphed into. I think you have to wait a semester before you can get NIL money. And the NIL money is really designed to reward guys who stay in school or reward guys for their school performances. So there's got to be some gray area there. And I am a proponent of guys sitting out a year. I don't know if that will ever come back. All right. Well, look, we can preview and post view NBA playoff series anytime you want. In the meantime, I thought you'd want some college hoops recruiting schnizzle. And, uh, and he gave it to us and he was awesome. So make sure you check him out at 24 seven sports. We appreciate you listening. A reminder, the Doug Gottlieb show is daily three to six Eastern, 12 to three Pacific on the iHeartRadio app and Fox Sports Radio or FoxSportsRadio.com, Series XM 217 and 203. Thanks for downloading. Check out some of the archive stuff. Most recently, Stanley Johnson of the Lakers. I'm Doug Gottlieb and this is All Ball. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.